deadly love triangle still haunts the Lord Baltimore Hotel. You had a rich man, a much younger wife, and a chance meeting that would change her life and eventually end her husband's. Well, the low-budget ghost squad is back with a new adventure because some people take their secrets to the grave. And we just can't mind our own business. Well, if we did, we wouldn't have a podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Season 2 of the Low Budget Ghost Squad. I'm Natalie. I'm Allison. And I'm Ethan. And we are excited to share this latest haunted hotel adventure with you. And, you know, we've had several fans reach out to us and ask, when is Season 2 coming? So, for Eleanor and everybody else, here we are. This season, we're taking you to the haunted Lord Baltimore Hotel in, well, you can probably guess, Baltimore, Maryland. And this place is nearly a hundred years old. And, you know, that means there are stories to be told for ages. And new ones after what unfortunately happened to us again. Now, you may have heard our first adventure at the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas in Season 1. If you haven't, I highly recommend you go and listen to it. It's a little shameless plugging there, but I am shameless. Okay, anyway, um, so if this is your first time listening, I'll give you a little backstory about us. So this low-budget ghost squad here is made up of a mom and her two kids. And the whole ghost hunting thing actually started when Allison and Ethan saw the Crescent Hotel on a YouTube channel. And we, after a slight, not argument, but agreement, we said, we have to go there. And after that whole thing that happened at the Crescent, we decided to keep doing this. And that's when we went to the Lord Baltimore after reading some of its crazy ghost stories. And they were crazy. Now, we actually reached out to the hotel before we went, and they were excited to have us come. They showed us around and told us about all the lore from the hotel. And once we started looking around, we realized... Yeah, there's something going on in here. So now we're going to share what we learned, and more importantly, what happened to us there, and how we solved an almost 100-year-old mystery that had been buried the whole time. But because I was with my mom, my sister, and actually my dad went on this trip, that means that they decided that we had to go see a lot of history. So we went to go see old signs and took pictures of old signs and went to go see a bunch of old buildings and then had to take pictures in front of those old buildings. So yes, you're right. We did take lots of pictures. And yes, my husband Brian did go with us on this adventure since he's from Baltimore. And I had a lot of fun learning history. At least one of the children did. Okay, anyway, let's give you a little background about the Lord Baltimore Hotel. Allison? So, we need to go back to 1904. And I'll channel my inner Sophia from Golden Girls for this. So picture it. Baltimore, 1904. That February, the Great Fire of Baltimore started at a place called John E. Hurst Company. And not John E., but John, and then the letter E. And this place sold or stored dry goods. You can't really tell. Now, according to our research, this fire started at 1048 in the morning. And it wasn't very far from what would one day be the Lord Baltimore Hotel on what's called Baltimore Street. 
That's if I'm reading the map correctly, which is questionable. But the fire started ripping through the city, and by 11.55 a.m., the fire chief had to ask Washington, D.C. for help because they just couldn't stop the fire. Now that meant things had to be rebuilt, and the Caswell Hotel went up on Baltimore Street. And it did well. The man who had it built was named Harry Bussick. The Caswell Hotel had about six or seven floors, at least judging by the picture I saw. But that wasn't enough. Harry wanted something bigger and fancier. So he went to New York City and hired a famous architect who had already designed some major hotels in several big cities. So they knocked down the Castle Hotel and they started building the Lord Baltimore Hotel in May of 1928. And that thing was done by December of the same year. The grand opening was held December 30th, and Maryland's governor was the first to sign the guest register. And it was huge. It had like 700 rooms and more than 20 floors. And it was the tallest building in the city, and at one point, the tallest in the state. And that will be quite important to some of the ghost stories later. Yeah, I have to say, uh, this was 1928, and if you're familiar with history, you probably know what was about to happen less than a year later. The stock market crashed, and many people went from living the rich life to having nothing, in some cases, overnight. And fair warning here, this may get disturbing for some people, but uh, many affected by the stock market crash couldn't face what had happened. So unfortunately... They took their own lives, and that happened a lot in the Lord Baltimore Hotel. Remember, it's really tall, and the director of sales, Lee Johnson Lowe, who gave us a tour, told us there were 22 documented cases of people jumping. But the hotel stayed open and did relatively okay during the Depression, but the guy who had this thing built died not long after it opened. And according to a newspaper report, he drowned. But his sons took over. And they ran it for a long time until they sold it to a guy from New York in, like, 1960. But in 2013, it was sold to its current owners, the Rebel family. And they're big in the art world, and they're related to the late Steve Rebel, the founder of the famous Studio 54. But one thing that every employee there has told us Everybody asked about the ghosts. And so did we. And the one who everybody seems to have a story about is Molly. You can't go anywhere in the hotel without hearing about her. She was said to be around seven years old when she actually died in the hotel. Now, it's believed her parents had lost everything when the stock market crashed. What happened to Molly isn't exactly clear. Her parents are said to have jumped possibly from the 19th floor. And that, by the way, is considered the most haunted floor because that's where a lot of strange things have happened, including people seeing Molly. She had this red ball, and some people are said to see this red ball around the halls, all around the hotel, but mainly on the 19th floor. They also see a young girl in a long cream dress with black shoes. Now, this one employee said she was getting a meeting room ready up on the 19th floor, and she saw this girl walk by in the hallway. And she asked the little girl, "Uh, Honey, are you lost? But she kept going. And the woman looked outside the room to see if she could help her, because there aren't any guest rooms up there. But that little girl in the cream dress 
and black shoes with the red ball was gone. And the woman claimed minutes later, she saw two adults who were dressed up like the woman had on a ball gown, which, which was odd for this time of day. But she asked them, are you looking for your granddaughter? And she turned to a point where she thought the little girl may have gone because, you know, I mean, she wasn't thinking that this was a ghost. But she said those two people just vanished. Now, she still had work to do up there by herself on the 19th floor, but she called a security guard to come sit with her until she finished. I would have, too. And people at the front desk have been asked by guests, what's the deal with the red ball that keeps showing up? One woman says she woke up and saw a child crying in her room. And this woman said the girl was screaming and rocking back and forth, but then she just faded away. Could that possibly have been Molly? And people have called the front desk to complain about a little girl that looks like her running around in the hallways. And they say, will you find this girl's parents? Yeah, like that's going to happen. There was an interview from a few years ago on TV with someone from the hotel. And he said some staff members have quit because they said they started being chased by Molly. So we found this great painting on the bottom floor, and it shows an elevator, and it's on the 19th floor, and there's a big red ball in it. A little on the creepy side, I will say. The man from the hotel who talked to us said that they had some paranormal investigators and mediums come in here every year, and says it's overall very crowded. And that is the word he used, crowded with spirits. And they talk to the ghost with all their fancy tools. That we, the low-budget ghost squad, do not have because we are cheap. Hence the name. But we do have a ghost app that we mentioned in season one. Yes, the ghost app. And it measures EMF fluctuations, EMF or electromagnetic field. And ghost experts will tell you that the levels go up when a spirit is around. But this app... Also, somehow, some way, transcribes what a spirit is trying to tell you. Usually just one or two words at a time, and, and you hear a sound like this. And of course, a spirit will zap your battery power, so you've got that issue too. So keep a charger with you at all times if you need to charge your phone when you go ghost hunting. I learned that because, again, the spirits of the hotel, just like in season one, had something to tell us. Now, those paranormal investigators we told you about that come to the Lord Baltimore to, I guess, well, investigate, one of them claimed to have had a conversation with Molly, that young girl who seen with the red ball. She answered kind of yes or no questions by blinking the lights on and off. And if we had known that in the beginning... We could have figured out what was going on with us. But we will get to that later, Mom. And you guys always have to spoil something. But anyway, let's get back to Molly. And she had to let everybody know that she and her parents were not guests at this hotel when they died. She also said, I guess you could use the word said here. She blinked the lights to say that she's not the only ghost child in the hotel. Now I'm going to have to stop you here for a second. We've seen a lot. If you've been following this podcast, you know that. But I'm sorry, 
ghost children scare me more than anything. I mean, I don't know. I just seem to have like a creepier vibe going on. What, like dead people floating around and going through walls isn't weird? Yes. I mean, y'all, imagine like that ghost child chasing after you like those workers claim Molly did. I mean, think about that. Another ghost who likes to send messages is in the speakeasy. I love that there's a speakeasy at this hotel. Now, I need to give you a little history here. So from 1920 to 1933, it was illegal to sell alcohol in the United States. It was called prohibition. And restaurants and hotels and really pretty much any other business would have these secret rooms in the back where they would sell you booze. And those were called speakeasies. Now, in Baltimore, you would know where to go because they would have a red crab sign in the window. And if you don't know, Baltimore is huge with serving crabs, like crab cakes, crab legs. And you don't want to let my dad near the all-you-can-eat crab special because you'll be in there for hours. Trust me. We speak from experience. That was a long night. Now, anyway, they found the speakeasy when they were renovating the hotel in 2013. This was a big find because this hidden room was original to the hotel that was built like 80-something years before. One spirit in there likes to reach out to investigators. She used to run her business back in the speakeasy. Now we're going to use quotey fingers when we say business because... How shall I put this? Because we do have some younger fans. Um, This woman ran a business that had several young women working for her at a hotel. And the customers were usually just gentlemen. Um, You can imagine what that was. I think people get it. We'll call her a madam. When we got to the hotel, the people we talked to didn't know a lot about her or what happened to her. But they told us many paranormal investigators have always said that she's there. She's just minding her business. Unlike us. Since it was a speakeasy, the way-in was hidden. You had to know the password or secret knock. But to get in there now, you have to cut through the old formal dining room. Now my husband Brian and I managed to get in there when no one else was around. Hello, this is Brian. You're making it sound like we broke into the room. The doors were open, nobody was around, so we just did a little exploring. It was really dark in there, and it has this nice fireplace and a piano. It's interesting, because when we were in there, the ghost app went off. I saw the word depression, and that's intriguing given the history of the hotel. But who was sending that? So after we left the speakeasy, we got in the elevator and we hit the 16th floor button. And this is when things got a little kooky. So we got on the elevator and we noticed that of the four overhead lights, three of them were on and one of them was acting a little wonky. It would have to be the one by the, the, where the buttons are at. So we hit the button for 16th floor. Doors close. And then nothing happens. And we're still sitting there, and we look at each other like, should we be concerned? And finally, the elevator starts moving up. And it's going up, and then we realize we just missed the 16th floor. It stopped, just kept going. And all of a sudden, it stops on the 19th floor. Remember, that's the big haunted floor where strange things go on. 
Now, we were told soon after we arrived here at the hotel that the elevators may do some strange things like that, like randomly go to the 19th floor, or some people have claimed they felt someone or something touching them when no one else was in the elevator. I mean, imagine that happening. So the doors opened on the 19th floor. And, you know, we're kind of looking around, but no one was there that we saw. But I noticed it was cold up there, like abnormally cold. Now, one of the hotel bars is located up there, and it's on an outdoor patio, but it was closed when we were there. So really beyond that bar, it's just full of meeting rooms, a circular hallway, and an elevator for the penthouses. And we walked all around, and I'll be honest, we didn't see anything strange. But I will say, it sure felt like something was there. I think I need to share with you what happened to me soon after we checked in. To me, this is when the creepy stuff really started happening. So we're going to play for you part of a recording that was taken there in our hallway right after Ethan saw, well, he said it looked like a guy maybe, or maybe a shadow figure. And then, right, run this way, and now he's gone, and I don't know what, and I, Was he a person? Like a, sh- like a shadow figure. Just, uh, How are you feeling right now? I don't know. Freaked out. It's like we haven't been here for less than we haven't been here for even an hour, and I'm already freaked out. I've already seen something, and now I'm scared. So. So I had seen this strange shadow figure, and that was just the first part of the mystery that we found in the Lord Baltimore Hotel. That night, Ethan and I ended up in the fancy ballroom. It's called the Calvert Ballroom. And we'd been looking for a quiet place to do some work because the lobby was loud because you see the bars down there. Dad and I had gone to sleep. Like I said in season one, sleeping is my soulmate. But you two crazy people went down there at night. Mm. So as we're sitting in the ballroom, some other ghost hunters came in, and, and I took their picture for them. And I remember that it was funny because there was an odd circle that appeared in two of the photos. And I saw it on the phone at the time. I thought it was, you know, just a reflection because they had these beautiful chandeliers in there from like 1928 when this place opened. Once they left, some of those lights started blinking. Started asking whatever it was questions like... Do you want us to leave? And that blinking would not stop. And the ghost app had big red bars. Yeah, that was that EMF reader. And we got the word malicious at one point on it while we were in there. And you didn't leave, did you? Of course we didn't. And we kept taking pictures. A lot of pictures. Most of them were in mirrors, but still. A lot of pictures. I mean, that's what you do in a place like this. You know, when some place is haunted, you take a bunch of pictures, usually in mirrors or something reflective, and quite possibly you'll get an image of a ghost in there or something. But those lights kept blinking and nothing was the same after that. What we haven't told you is that everyone had said the Calvert Ballroom, where they were, has its own ghost in there. And I don't think they like people very much. I mean, I don't either, but they especially don't. But you didn't have a huge secret to hide. 
coming up on the Low Budget Ghost Squad, as Ethan and I left the ballroom, something stopped us dead in our tracks. Dead? Is that really necessary? Yes. I mean, it's dramatic. You know what happened. Pun intended. The Low Budget Ghost Squad is part of Spellbound Productions. Created, written, directed, produced, edited, and whatever else by yours truly. Lucinda Peterson did the awesome artwork. And thanks to Brian, Allison, and Ethan for playing along with this. Because it's not as much fun to ghost hunt and solve mysteries by yourself. Yeah.